what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. For organizations looking to enhance their customer relationships, this is Stepping Up Service. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stepping Up Service, our show here on TheMesh.TV, where we talk about the world of providing good customer service to clients, coworkers, vendors, anybody we come into contact with in the business world, uh, looking at the service culture that we implement in our organizations and how to improve it. And uh, got the perfect person with me, as always, to talk about exactly those topics, and that's Ed Gagnon from Customer Service Solutions. Ed, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Alan? Well, I'm I'm better now that this whole snowstorm thing has passed, and we're just kind of dealing with the the leftover. I'm not a big fan of snow at all. This is one of my worst nightmares is to have such a snow that it incapacitates a whole city for a, a day or two, like it did for us. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm not a big fan, but uh, you know, it, it went through a lot quicker than we I, I think had maybe assumed it might. So I'm, I am happy for that. How how things go out your way where you are. Uh, well, they're, they're going really well now. It was fun for a couple of days, but kind of like you, I was over it fairly quickly. Yeah. I, I actually grew up in North Dakota and had my share of snow as a little kid, and I absolutely loved it. And I loved it the first couple of days it was here. But uh, eventually, you start getting a little bit stir crazy. You start wanting the roads to be clear. So uh, it was fun while it lasted, but I'm glad it's melting quickly right now. Here, here. Absolutely. I'm the same way. So we're back in the office today. I'm Getting back to a productive level again and ready to talk a little bit about some customer service ideas and strategies for improving. Now, Ed, throughout our entire series, and I do invite anybody listening, if you haven't heard any of our back episodes, they are all available on the mesh.tv website where you can go and search for Stepping Up Service. You can also go on iTunes and search for the show and find us there, as well as Stitcher Radio and other podcast aggregators out there. But we've always kind of uh, gone through and talked through some different strategies, ideas, suggestions, things to keep in mind when you're trying to build a stronger customer service culture at your organization. But let's say I'm this guy, uh, I'm extremely impatient, or else we've got a really aggressive goal for our business that we're really trying to push and move for. And you know what? Some of these ideas we've talked about, they may take a little bit of time to cultivate and really, really build up and get to the right spot. What if we're looking to really accelerate our, our customer service culture in our organization. We really want to get it as quickly as possible. The best way we can really try to adopt some sort of better strategies for that. Let's talk about jumpstarting customer service experiencing and, and, and accelerating that. Ed, I believe you've got maybe some ideas or thoughts on ways that we can, as organizations, try to help do that. Yeah, that, that's a, a great point, Alan. I mean, sometimes organizations, they, they get into improvement mode and then they decide, you know, we're not improving fast enough or our competitors are passing us by or there's some kind of internal issue that's kind of holding us back. And they're trying to figure out, well, how can we, uh, instead of just making these incremental improvements, how can we make that quantum leap? Uh, how, How can we start transforming ourselves? And whenever you get into this idea of transforming our customer experience, transforming our culture. It can seem pretty daunting. Uh, It can seem like something that can take a long time. So your question was about how do you speed uh, the process? And uh, usually you can uh, transform an organization by having these creative ideas, by, by thinking a little bit out of the box. And the way you speed up 
that process is to try to look outside yourself a little bit. You know, oftentimes uh, organizations think that, well, you know, if, I, if I'm a hospital, I just benchmark with hospitals. If I am uh, a, an educational organization, I just look at other community colleges or other school districts or something like that. But oftentimes when you're trying to innovate, it doesn't mean you're starting from scratch. It doesn't mean that you're just benchmarking with people who are exactly like you. Uh, you know, think, think about innovation a little bit differently. Think of it in terms of I need to come up with creative solutions to to issues or needs or goals. And if you want to expedite how quickly you can come up with creative solutions to issues, needs or goals, benchmarking is a great way to do it. And if you want to get real creative, you want to start looking outside of your industry. So, for example, let's say you're a retailer, a restaurant, a tech firm, a marketing company, a healthcare provider, to find creative ideas to address your issues, needs and goals. You don't just look at companies in the same industry or the same size. You look at those who are dealing with similar issues, who have similar needs, who have similar goals. So let's say you're dealing with a lot of customer complaints. What other companies and other industries out there are having to face complaints and resolve them quickly? Or or maybe you have a certain need. I want to change the culture. I want to be a little bit more nimble, uh, push down decision-making to the frontline staff more. Well, what other organizations and other industries are really nimble, really empower their frontline staff? Or, or let's say you have an organizational goal. You want to get a certain level of business growth over time. What other organizations and other industries are are, are creating that high level of, of growth quickly? So this is what we're going to talk about today. If you want to transform, you want to make quantum leaps in your customer experience, your culture, your business performance, let's try to find organizations that are already succeeding, even if they're outside your industry. So basically, we're talking about copycatting. Is that right? I mean, sounds good to me. <laughs> Just to you know, yes. kind of break it down to what it is. Well, I mean, but I, I, in all, all seriousness, I mean, I like this idea of not just feeling like we've got to look at at those peer groups, those peer companies in our same industry. It's looking at more of the symptom and who's tackling that same issue as opposed to who is like us in size or uh, focus of industry or target market or anything else, right? Yes, that's exactly right. We've dealt with so many clients who say, well, we're unique. We're different. There's no other local government agency with 4,000 to 4,200 employees who has this particular division. And so we're unique. We can't benchmark with anybody. Well, who says you have to just benchmark with organizations in that size range or who are just in local government or who have the exact same functions that you have consolidated? I mean, you have to think a little bit broader than that if you want to look for those best practices from other organizations that you can adopt. Okay, interesting. I like this approach then. So, all right. Yeah. So where we go from here? Well, where we're going to go from here is something we've done a few times on our podcast. I'm going to put you in charge of a fictional business, Alan, and hopefully this is a business that you will love. Uh, I'm going to call it Alan's Research Technologies. Wow, catchy and original too, so very nice. The the acronym – go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say I I like it. It's got the right mix of words in there. Um, Yeah, we'll, we'll go with it, sure. Okay. It's a, it's a professional services firm. And as you can gather, being a consultant as I am, I, I like acronyms. So uh, Allen's Research Technologies stands for ART. Okay. So works. when I refer to ART, you're the president of ART, Alan. So congratulations. of the concept of ART, it sounds like. So the entire the, the, ART world uh, is, is under <laughs> my control now. So Okay, yes, good. So, yes. so research and technology, that's my company. 
got it. I'm in the right mindset for that then. All right. Now, Art's a wonderful company, but you have certain issues still that you have to overcome. You have certain organizational goals and, and needs as well. Um, and you decided that, you know, we've been improving a little bit over time, but you want to make a transformational change uh, and you don't want it to take forever. Okay. So you want it to be relatively quick make quantum leaps and change. So we're going to talk about how to speed the transformation. And we're going to start with talking about some of the issues that art is facing. Okay. okay? All right. Sure. For example, uh, let's say you, you uh, are receiving more client complaints than you would like, and it always takes a long time to resolve those uh, issues. Um, you, your renewal rates for your contracts year to year are not as high as you would like. So you're dealing with these issues, you know, mm-hmm. trying to reduce the number of complaints, increase your renewals with existing clients. And I'm gonna tell you to go to uh, amazon.com right. to learn from them about complaint resolution or learn from them uh, about uh, growing business uh, with existing clients, renewing more of those clients. Um, but when Ed, you think about, but yes. Ed, I'm sorry, I've got to interrupt you here. But Amazon yes. is a completely different type of company than Art. Ah. Amazon sells books and shoes and everything under the sun, and we are very, very focused on just what we do in the in the research and technology side of things. Well, you are playing the stereotype very well, Alan. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take my Oscar nomination uh, anytime uh, you want to dish those out. So, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, that will be in the mail. So, right. uh, so essentially, uh, you, you, you're getting it. You know, a lot of organizations would look at that and say, "You know, I'm a professional services firm. I'm a mid to large size company. What can I learn from Amazon about complaint resolution? What can I learn from Amazon about trying to grow business with existing clients, trying to renew them year to year, or something like?" Like that. So, when you, I don't know if you recall last month's podcast, the 24 customer service trends, oh, but yes. one of the trends we talked about was rekindle the fire, how mm-hmm. uh, Amazon is using uh, customer service representatives that you can actually see uh, on, your, on your Kindle fire to address issues and to support folks. Um, so, so, think about that. Think about how you and your professional services firm. You might be resolving issues via email. You might be resolving issues uh, via the telephone. But what, what can you learn from what Kindle is doing uh, and possibly apply that to your business when it comes to issue resolution? Well, I mean, we're a pretty high-tech firm as well, even though we're not anywhere to the scope of an Amazon or you know, what they're doing with the Kindle. But this whole idea of face-to-face that they're doing on the device where you can actually see the representative you're talking to, that is something that can be done even in a smaller firm. So that's that's something that we can kind of look at and say, hey, it's working for this huge international firm that's doing you know, millions of transactions all the time. We can certainly make that kind of technology work for us and try to do more face-to-face even over on the computer with our, with our customers, right? Right. That, that's exactly right. Because when you think about these customer complaints, these are service recovery situations. There's emotion involved. And it's a lot easier to deal with emotion if you are face-to-face with somebody. But right. as a small to mid-sized firm, you might not have the wherewithal to constantly travel to the clients to, to deal with those issues. But by having that face-to-face conversation, it can help to personalize those concerns. It can help to personalize your empathy and caring for your client and and actually be a better experience from the client's perspective in, in sharing their complaints and feeling like they've been heard. Okay. Yeah, cool. So, I mean, because yeah. already I'm already thinking to myself, yeah, you know, there are software products and systems and technologies out there even for small businesses that can do that same 
face-to-face video conferencing kind of capabilities. So why not take that idea and see if we can adapt it into our own, our own day-to-day work? Exactly. And you can even think about renewal rates. Let's say you have an issue with your renewals not being as high as you'd like. And and if you think about Amazon, oftentimes if you go to the Amazon site and you're trying to figure out, well, how uh, what book do I want to buy? They are putting up all these different options for you to select from just automatically when you log into the system. And it's because they know what you've bought in the past. They know where you've looked in the past. So that knowledge of the client is allowing them to personalize their offers to you. Mm-hmm. Well, think about uh, in your own professional services world, when you talk about knowledge of your clients, some of that you gather through actually interacting with your client. But but most businesses that we serve in art uh, are businesses that have annual business plans or they have strategic plans. So what if you could get your hands on the annual strategic plans or business plans of your clients? It it would get to know, allow you to know them a little bit better, what direction they want to go strategically, allow you to plan out the offers that you make to them uh, a little bit more proactively and strategically, just like Amazon is promoting their offers to the people going on their website. So obviously, even though it's a different to a different scope and different level of technology, it's still this idea of taking this this practice of, that Amazon does of learning as much as they can about the habits of their customers and applying it to your own business. So uh, taking that same general idea, right? And it's it's what information do I have or can I get from my client to help me serve them better? In other words, Amazon is looking not at the client, not just as somebody that they can sell to. They're looking at that client as a supplier of information, and that client is supplying the information they need to sell them more products and services. So how can you, in art, turn your clients into a supplier of information that you need to to better serve them and also better sell to them? Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm following you here. So a couple good examples yeah. there. One other example in terms of the organizations outside of your industry that you can benchmark with is pro sports. Okay. Uh, if we think about a transition, especially the NBA, we work with a lot of NBA teams they made about 10, 11 years ago, was they actually dedicated resources, account representatives uh, to work with their season ticket holders because they realized we need a dedicated resource uh, that is out there. And when there's an issue, these are folks who know how to serve customers. They are quick to respond. Uh, these are folks, if done right, know how to develop relationships over time. Uh, and they also know how to develop touchpoint plans so that throughout the course of the year, they're, they're keeping those relationships fresh. And when there's 30 or 60 or 90 days prior to that renewal period, they implement a new plan that is targeted on identifying at-risk clients and making proactive efforts to to renew them. So a lot of this work is proactive. Now, how could you apply something like that customer service, account management type of role and that that renewal countdown to Allen's research technologies? Well, I mean, you could take that same concept of making sure you've got a dedicated manager for some of our client accounts, even though we may be dealing with fewer clients in number and maybe um, a little bit deeper involvement with those clients, it's still the same idea. It's making sure there's always that one person, that one go-to rep that's kind of, that's where our clients go and they know who to go to whenever they've got a question or need. And we're doing the same kind of idea of kind of checking in with our clients on a regular basis and seeing how our services are meeting their needs. So we're never surprised by anything that they're not getting or, or any concerns with us. 
That's exactly right. And and if the renewal is key, then you're also looking at, well, what what is that 90-day, 60-day window prior to the renewal, and how do we develop strategies around that? So the idea is if you want to transform uh, your organization, the customer experience, and you want to expedite it, when you're dealing with issues, this first category we're talking about, look outside your business, and maybe even a professional services firm can learn a little bit from Amazon, learn a little, little bit uh, from pro sports organizations as well. Hmm. Yeah, very interesting. I mean, it's, you're right. I mean, it's the, the things that these the big guys are doing or, or, or what they're trying to do to improve the customer service culture in their organization can easily be adopted and boiled down on a a different smaller scale if need be for a uh, any other size business so yeah we, we just have to be willing to look at them as possible benchmarking organizations yeah. instead of just trying to find people exactly like us who have the exact same issues yeah all um, right very interesting so a good way of yeah. ident- helping identify issues and in, in using other organizations that are tackling those same issues is looking at some possible options to consider Yes. Now, now, Alan's research technologies also wants to create the art way of the customer experience. And instead of just allowing the customer experience to happen, uh, you, you decide that you want to make sure that any client touching any aspect of your organization or any individual employee is going to get that same high level of customer experience. So you're trying to figure out, well, how can I make this happen without it taking a year or two years or having tremendous employee turnover to make it happen? So you start looking outside of your industry again. And we're going to start with Zappos. Do you know who Zappos is, Alan? I do. I do. Those are the guys that uh, that do all the shoe sales online, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. And it's interesting because they have a fantastic reputation for customer service and the client experience. But whenever you talk to, to leaders in that organization, in particular the CEO, about the customer experience, he spends the vast majority of his time actually talking about culture. Mm-hmm. He, he talks about how the experience must come from the culture of the organization, come from who we are, how we interact internally, what we believe, who our people are, how we hire, how we how we train, et cetera. So he, he's not into necessarily saying the customer experience is all about some great central plan that the organization has developed, that we, we migrate through all these systems and processes. I mean, the standard operating procedures, that's a part of it. But, but for Zappos, so much of their experience evolves from the culture they try to create. And they have five different culture drivers. And, mm-hmm. and think about how you could apply these to art. Okay. Uh, first of all, they define their vision so that every potential hire, every person in the organization knows what do we want to become in five years or what do we want to become in 10 years. So it's very clear uh, what the organization is trying to move toward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second way they, they try to create this culture is they want to make sure that the organization and the individual employees understand their purpose. So every employee knows how what they do helps the organization achieve their goals, helps the organization move toward their vision. So everybody understands their purpose. So, uh, see, so seeing that direct line where almost the idea where you could go ask any employee in an organization what is the company's vision and what role do I play in helping us get there? Having everybody kind of on board with that same messaging process. Exactly. So they are the cog in the assembly line in their mind. I mean, they, they understand how all these different cogs are integrated with each other. And I, as an employee, I'm just as important as the person next to me. Uh, and, and I feel a little bit ownership over that as well. Right. Okay. okay. The, the, the third point is the wow factor, mm-hmm. you know, that, that we want to make sure, especially when 
uh, we are hiring employees or when we're in that experience with that that client that, that we're looking for the wow factor in our staff and we're intentionally trying to figure out how can I make this a wow conversation, a wow moment for that client. Mm-hmm. And if you're just sitting back, you're monotone, you're reactive, you're just answering the client's questions, how in the world are they going to say, wow, they're not. But, but if you can find some way with your tone, with your energy, with doing a little something they don't expect, with the follow through, the follow up call, something that goes above and beyond what they would expect, something really positive that's unexpected, that's when you start creating the wow. So they are intentionally talking about the wow when they interview and hire people. They're intentionally trying to build a wow moment into every one of those customer encounters. Wow. I've even used the word well. So that's, I mean, it's interesting that they already introduced that process early on in the hiring stage with new employees. And it's, I love the fact that it's not just we, we, we perform outstanding customer service. It's we expect to just bowl over our clients with some experience uh, at any given time. So that's exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's not just doing the checklist that oftentimes you get when people, managers are listening into customer service reps and right. did they do A and B and C and D. It's literally, did they wow the customer? Did they yeah. have that, that moment uh, in that moment of truth? Uh, the fourth is refining the business model where you're literally looking and you're saying, okay, if this is a culture we want. What do we have to do with our organizational structure or our business model to facilitate that culture? Because you can want the wow moments. You can want that entrepreneurial spirit in your employees. But if you still require three levels of approval Mm -hmm. to get anything done, your business model, your structure is not supporting the culture you want. So you got to look at that. You got to challenge that. Uh, And then finally, it's sticking with your values, you know, how we treat each other. Uh, how we treat our customers, how we relate, you know, what's most important to us in terms of how we communicate. Uh, those are things that every employee from the, the chief executive on down has to buy into. So these are the culture drivers for Zappos. And these are things that even though uh, Allen's Research Technologies is not a <laughs> shoe selling company, uh, if you wanted to create a culture that facilitates a great experience, you know, if you have that that vision, you have that individual person seeing their purpose, you've looked at the business model, tried to incorporate that wow factor and stuck to your values, uh, you, you can still expedite the transformation of your customer experience. And you know, one thing I could even take from just using Zappos as an, as an example is part of the way that they really make their culture work and they keep that culture mindset throughout all their encounters is I believe their CEO has been from day one extremely active on social media like Twitter, mm-hmm. dialoguing directly with customers. So it's not a matter of there's three, four levels deep chain between the CEO and, and the customers. He's actually dialoguing directly with them, answering yes. questions, uh, bending over backwards to show outstanding support and, and customer service. And it would seem to me that by all the employees in the organization – seeing that happening from the guy at the top of the top of the organization, that's going to be that constant reminder to them that that's what's expected of them as well. So he's kind of practicing what you preach. Exactly. It's, this is what I expect and I'm going to show you every single day how to do it. And that yeah. really does go a long way. And I think that's, that's something we could easily borrow that concept from a Zappos and doesn't matter, have, have to be a bigger, smaller company, just any size company could, have their top level leadership be extremely active in customer service and let that be a good model for the rest of the team to see. 
Yeah, that, that's a great point because in any, in any kind of culture change, the easiest way for culture change to fail is if the staff don't see the leader doing what, what's expected of them. So if the leader's out there, he's open, he's doing exactly what he expects, then you're going to get a lot more buy-in. Then you're going to get a lot more people doing what, what he's looking for out of the culture. Absolutely. Um, just one other quick example in terms of how do you address this need to have the, the art way uh, of a great customer experience. This is actually from a grocery store. Uh, this is uh, a company uh, called Wegmans. It's a grocery store chain. And the Rochester School District mm-hmm. actually brought Wegmans in to share Wegmans training principles because Wegmans has uh, a very positive reputation from a customer service perspective. So they, they did share some certain techniques and some principles of Wegmans with their staff. So they brought this other organization in to benchmark, even though obviously a school system is not a grocery store. Sure. Uh, it, and one of the guidelines that they use, one of these mantras that Rochester Schools has is WWWD. Okay. What would Wegmans do? <laughs> so what the, would Wegmans do? Okay. Yes. So the idea is that if there's one overriding thought for people who've gone through the training, thinking about how should I handle the situation, what should I do? It's this WWWD. What would Wegmans do? And so they're actually benchmarking with a totally different organization, but one that has the same need. They have this need, this desire to have a great customer experience. And they're benchmarking with them, bringing them in to do a little bit of training, to convey some core principles and adopting that mantra to help embed that mindset in in their employees. So a school system using a grocery store to, to model their customer service approach. Exactly. Wow. That's really, that's, I could not think probably of two different types of industries uh, (laughs) to mimic off each other. So that's really, it's really cool though. I mean, so a school system, you know, and in looking at how they, they serve students and faculty and everybody else involved is getting that same idea from how people buy their groceries at a grocery store. That's exactly right. And everybody can relate. Every employee can relate to going to the grocery store and what's a great example, what's a poor example of customer service. So it makes it real for the employees. It helps them to adopt this more quickly because they've seen other organizations, in this case, Wegmans, actually succeed through their customer service. Right, right. Wow. Okay. Very, very neat. Very cool. Um, Is it okay if we take a quick break, Ed? Sure. Perfect time. Yeah. Let's take a quick little break. When we come back, I know you've got uh, a couple more steps we'll go through as far as uh, some some key ways to kind of jumpstart or accelerate your customer service culture upgrade and uh, using some other organizations and companies maybe outside of your own industry as some some ideas for grabbing some of those strategies or seeing how it works in other places. So we'll be right back in just a moment with uh, Stepping Up Service, and we'll continue our conversation here on TheMesh.TV. Stay tuned. We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. Hello and welcome back to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.TV. I'm Alan Jackson with The Jackson Group and with me as always is Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions. Uh, Before we jump back into our conversation, if you're interested in learning a little bit more about what Ed and his company does at Customer Service Solutions, you can visit them online at CSSAmerica.com. 
CSSAmerica.com. Again, that's CSSAmerica.com. Stands for Customer Service Solutions America. Uh, great website there. You can sign up for newsletter. It has some great helpful information, blog posts, other things going on on the website there. So it's a great resource if you're looking to what we're talking about right now, kind of jumpstart or supercharge your organization's efforts to build a stronger customer service culture. I think you'll find a lot of good hints and advice there as well as some ways to contact Ed and his team there at Customer Service Solutions and find out other ways uh, that your organization can get started on this. Um, Getting back into our conversation, Ed, we had just gone through uh, talking about both issues and needs in ways that our organizations or our businesses can use other companies outside of our industry as possible places for ideas and benchmarking and finding what's working there and seeing how it can apply here. We've talked about using Amazon and Zappos and even a grocery store chain as different ways to take ideas that are working for them and apply them to help satisfy some of the issues or needs that we may be seeing in our own business. Even though it may not seem like a natural fit at first, there's actually a lot to be learned from that. So continuing on that conversation, Ed, what's, what's the, kind of the next phase we need to be addressing as far as how to get jumpstart supercharged on our customer service upgrades? Well, well, the, the last category we're going to talk about is goals, organizational goals. You know, we talked about vision earlier. Well, what are the business goals that are going to drive us to, the, to that vision? And in Allen's research technologies in yes. art, art wants to greatly increase the amount of revenue you generate from existing clients. So what we're going to suggest is that you not just look at other research technology firms, but let's look outside of your industry and let's say what organizations have grown their business very quickly with their, with their existing clients. And mm-hmm. the first I'm going to use it as an example is a company I actually used to work for maybe 15, 18 years ago called Premier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Premier is a Charlotte-based group purchasing organization where they have about 2,000 hospitals that own basically a share of the organization. Organization and and they go to big vendors like Johnson and Johnson and Merck and say, hey, I have two thousand hospitals that are going to be um, buying through us. What kind of price can you give me? Mm-hmm. So basically, they get big discounts. Now, when I worked with them, I was in the management consulting division, and we were offer oftentimes gathering data mm-hmm. uh, on those hospitals, and it was clinical data, it was productivity data, it was all sorts of information that we were gathering, uh, and Premier actually use that information to start showing what drives improvement. I mean, they, they could actually look at all this clinical data from these 2,000 hospitals that they gathered over the years when the hospitals were submitting data to benchmark with each other. And Premier was able to start showing that, hey, if you have this certain plan, care plan, way of caring for somebody with a hip replacement or who had a certain ailment, if you do A, B, and C, you have a better chance that that patient's out of the hospital a day earlier, Mm. or you have a better chance that that patient does not go back to the hospital for a second visit. So when you think about using your existing client's data to show where success occurs, to show kind of that link between the desired outcome and what the organization did to get that outcome, how how do you think that could relate to Alan's research technology, since you're not only selling technology, you actually do research mm-hmm. on your existing, uh, on your clients' customers. How, how could you possibly use that that premier approach in your business? So the idea would be is to find some some outcomes we know our clients are trying to achieve, some things yes. that they see as their own goals, 
and using all of the information that we've collected through our encounters with them or the data we researched or just our own records or ways we can get access to that kind of information, we can almost help them understand what factors are driving them to their own goals and where we can play a role in helping them satisfy some of those goals as well. We're exactly. almost taking a little bit more of an approach of we're, we're here to help you get to your goals. We may be serving you through this service line, but there are actually other service lines we could also provide that would help you get even further down the road to where you're trying to be. And that's exactly what Premier has done. They, they've not only expanded their consulting practice, but they've generated new uh, companies, for lack of a better way to describe it, within Premier that are addressing some of these opportunities where they are actually going in now armed with the data that their own clients have been supplying them for years. And they formed consulting practices around how to use this data with its clients to actually improve outcomes, improve financial performance, improve productivity, uh, and just performance in general. So it's a little bit of thinking outside of just, okay, we provide X, Y, and Z for our clients. And we, you know, instead of just trying to milk X, Y, and Z for every little penny and dime we can, why not use some of the information we've been collecting and knowledge we've been gaining and working with the client while we provide those services to see if there are other services or other revenue streams that can help our clients meet their goals in the end, right? Yes, yes, that's exactly right. It all kind of starts with the point where you look at your own research that you've been doing and you try to identify, well, what are the links between uh, organizations doing A and B and then the outcome is so positive as C? And if you can start identifying those links, uh, that puts you in a position to actually help more clients uh, to, to add to uh, get those same positive outcomes. Hmm. Okay. So it takes a little bit of, you know, there again, it can happen even in a small business, a much, much smaller scale business, but that same, actually, it may even be a little easier to do sometimes with the smaller businesses to be a little more flexible to look at these alternative ways that we can be helping our clients and using data we've been collecting to really help craft out some other great service opportunities for them. Yeah, exactly. And I'll I'll just selfishly look at my own firm. I mean, that would be akin to us taking all of our customer satisfaction surveys with pro sports, all of our exit interviews with pro sports and looking at that data in aggregate and saying, what are the major lessons learned? Where are the dots connecting? And then taking that information and actually putting it into a product that's going to help these sports organizations grow faster, retain more clients, uh, and, and sell more products to existing clients. Yeah, that's great. I really yeah. like that idea. It's, it's something I know, you know, a lot of us in the service business, uh, professional service firms, we're always looking for the ways to help our clients further. It's nice to know that there's models out there, even with some much, much larger firms that are doing this exact same thing and some, some lessons we can learn from that. Exactly. And the last example I'm going to give that's also growth related is also a large firm. It's a company I used to work for as well, but this was right out of college. Uh, It's Accenture. And Accenture is this international management consulting firm. And and many years ago, they started what's called business process outsourcing, which was a fancy way of saying at the time, the generic way people thought about this was we're going to take your call center in the U.S. and we're going to outsource it to India. And Arthur Anderson, uh, which became Accenture, would all of a sudden set up all these huge call centers in India or some other foreign country, uh, and they would basically become the call center or contact center for major corporations. So you would have major corporations in the U.S. who would eliminate their call center function and basically give it to Accenture to manage. Now, I'm not suggesting that Allen's research technology sets up an India call center or anything like that. 
but but essentially you're outsourcing our jobs for us ed come on now (laughs) no no no, i'm gonna i'm gonna suggest insourcing oh good good i like that much better then Yes, we're going to keep the jobs in Hickory at Allen's Research Technologies uh, Corporate World Headquarters. Yes. So, uh, but essentially, the, what Accenture did is they said, "Well, what are the non-core functions of its clients?" Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not the core business of uh, an American Express or a uh, Walmart or a BMW or a Citibank. Uh, all these organizations to to have a call center, right? Uh, but it's something that needs to happen. And if they can figure out a way that they can do it for their client, maybe a little bit more efficiently, take some of the hassles off, maybe improve the quality a little bit. At that point, those clients of ours that have these non-core functions might be open to, to outsourcing, or in this case, keeping it in the U.S., insourcing those functions to organizations like well, I mean, I like that a lot. And that's actually something on a personal note. I know our business has kind of been going through the last couple of years as well is figuring out what are our core competencies? What are the things we need to be doing? And what are some things that are maybe better suited for some other uh, partner firm to handle? Mm-hmm. So and we get asked that kind of question so much as well from our clients about, can we help do this? And can we help do that? Where they're just looking at things that they don't want to be bogged down with doing when it comes to surveys and satisfaction work and all of that where that's a lot more in our wheelhouse to do. So uh, my hopes would be, and I think what you're saying is that we can take a more proactive role to say, what are our clients doing that is not exactly in their core competencies of things they should be doing as a business that we have the capability of handling and taking on for them. So that's exactly right. right. Yes. So so the idea that we're talking about today is if you want to speed the transformation of your culture, of your customer experience, uh, you have to have a good handle on what are your issues and then what other organizations out there, even in other industries, have similar issues and how do they overcome them? You know, what, what are some of those core needs that you have and what are some of the other organizations out there that are addressing those same needs? And then if you have certain goals, you know, revenue growth or client growth or, or, or growth of business with existing clients, who's already doing a great job out there and, and how are they doing it? And we just got to open our minds, not restrict ourselves to organizations just like us because it's going to be far too limiting. And instead of it being a transformation, it's just going to be incremental change like we've always been doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like it. Well, I just this whole model of, of using companies outside of our own industry as examples, no matter how big they may be, knowing that there are lessons and, and strategies we can adapt from them to really kind of get our stuff in high gear. I think I even read your blog post on this, Ed, and I liked the, the comment you made about so many people believe that if they're going to improve the customer service in their organization, it's got to be their own unique new way, and they've got to come up with it from scratch. And you're right in saying that a lot of times that doesn't have to be the case. A lot of times there's great models and practices out there that we need to be willing to try to adapt and see how we can fit it into our own style of company. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a lot easier job, I think, people sometimes think it may be to do. Yeah, it it can be a lot easier and you can be a lot more confident in it if you found others that have succeeded doing virtually the same thing, even if it's in a slightly different industry. Yeah, good. That's some, some great advice, great information, good discussion there. So thanks a lot for that, Ed. I appreciate sure. it. Now, we always end up our show with our kind of our customer service experience of the month. Since uh, we get together once a month to record the show, we've had several weeks of various customer service experiences. I'm sure you and I have both encountered. 
Um, it's always a toss up to see whether either of us are bringing in a positive experience or a more negative experience. I will be happy to say mine today is a positive one. I don't know if yours is as well. It is. We're going two positives today. Okay. Yes. That's not bad. Normally we at least have one, if not both negative. So it's nice to see a kind of a dual positive story at the end of the episode this month. So, um, Ed, is okay if I go ahead and uh, tell mine first? Sure. Yeah. This does relate to what you and I were bantering about at the beginning of the episode, having to do with snow and weather and all of that good stuff that I desperately enjoy so much. And that's <laughs> dripping with sarcasm for those of you who can't see me on the screen. But it was nice, I will tell you. So, so we were snowed in on Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening, Thursday morning. Got to be Thursday afternoon. We had an event scheduled for downtown Hickory here where we live to happen last night. And by mid afternoon, we were kind of making some judgment calls as to whether or not we should hold the event because we were expecting a lot of people to show up and we didn't want to put anybody in danger coming out and and being on treacherous roads that were still a little bit icing over some snow in some places still as of last night. So about six o'clock when I was heading into town to check on the event, we decided to hold the event after all getting into town and seeing that not only were the roads almost completely clear in downtown Hickory, but there were still trucks and uh, scrapers still going nonstop all around town. City of fish, city workers just really going over and above the call of duty to get this stuff taken care of across the city limits as much and as quickly as they could. Even on top of that, I started noticing on Tuesday that they had already started spraying and really working the roads in advance of what they expected with the downfall of snow to happen on Wednesday, spraying it with whatever they spray to kind of help with, uh, you know, uh, efforts to try to let the melting happen a little quicker on the roads. Um, It's not to say that our, our city has never responded to snow very well. Normally they're very good with it. I just seem to think that this time they actually went over and above getting a head start and being very diligent with making sure they got it resolved as quickly as they possibly could. I guarantee if it hadn't been for their efforts, we wouldn't be open today. We would have lost another day of productivity. So I just, I think as a good customer service model, it's not, not only predicting what's going to happen and going ahead mm-hmm. and preparing for it, but then keeping at it until the job's done. And again, I saw mm-hmm. them out last night at seven, eight o'clock at night, still scraping. I saw them early this morning. It's just a really good model. And I mean, Yes, that's a city utility function. That's what they're supposed to do. That's what our taxes pay for. But there again, a city could be a lot less proactive and a lot less diligent about it. And I think these guys really showed a a good model on that. So just a good reminder to all of us, predicting what could happen, uh, taking advanced steps to make sure you're prepared for it, and then sticking to it till the job's done, uh, even though it may be a little tough and, and grueling to do. That's good customer service. So, yeah, and that, that's a fantastic story. I really wasn't expecting the event to go on based on how the story was going and for yeah. the roads to be so clear. So, that's wonderful that they yeah. uh, were able to do that and, and uh, keep people safe. And if they had events, to uh, be able to have them continue. So, that was wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we still had, you know, 75 to 100 people showing up for our event wow. last night, which, you know, a lot of people, I did not expect that many people to make it on the roads, but I think the word got around that. You know, the, the city streets, especially downtown, were really well taken care of. So that was a, a good message there. That's great. And, and my yeah, go ahead. Uh, my story is very positive, too. Uh, and this is just about my week. Uh, the, the week that I had planned was very different than the week that actually occurred. Sure. I actually uh, had about two and a half 
days worth of meetings that were rescheduled. And uh, the the reason why uh, this is so positive is there were three different meetings that I had. Um, two were out of town uh, and one was in town that were rescheduled. And uh, in each case, uh, the person who was running the meeting called me in advance before I, I contacted them about whether or not the meeting would continue. They apologized for, for having to cancel the meeting. Uh, they said why they felt the need to cancel the meeting even before the weather got too bad. And they offered an alternative to, to the meeting date that we had had. Now, what made this story extra special was these were not customers of mine. These were all clients hmm. uh, of uh, or I'm sorry, I was not their customer. They were uh, actually my client. Sure, so instead right. of them looking at me and saying, oh, that that's Ed, my customer. I really need to make sure that he's aware and I need to deliver, deliver him good service. These were actually clients of mine who were treating me like the customer. And they were being proactive and they were calling and they were apologizing. And they were explaining why and they were offering an alternative. So it's not only a great story that they were being proactive and they were doing all the right steps uh, to to deal with uh, a situation where they just had to cancel, but the fact that these are clients who get it, and they're even treating their vendor, you know, their supplier, they're treating customer service solutions like a customer. That just goes to the quality of those individuals that I work with, and it goes to the uh, quality of the culture that these organizations have as well. Now I can hear somebody out there maybe asking the question of why should my organization bend over backwards and show outstanding customer service to my vendor. Those are the guys I pay money to. They're supposed to provide a service and that's what I have them uh, assigned to do. I've got an answer for it, but Ed, you know, what would you say to those? Why is that just as important on the flip side? I'll just give you one quick answer. And that is my belief that customer service is not a light switch. Hmm. You, You shouldn't turn it on with external customers and turn it off with vendors, turn it on with clients and turn it off with your coworkers. I mean, customer service needs to be ingrained in just how we operate, how we think, how we relate, how we communicate. It needs to be an all the time thing, not like a light switch. So, so what's your take on it? Right. That's a, that's a good way of looking at it. To me, it's also a matter of two that, yeah, I think you can't have the two sides of the coin and, and be an organization like that. Plus, I think having treating your vendors with strong customer service means you can expect, I would hope, if that vendor is reciprocating in any way, a stronger relationship with that vendor where that vendor is going to feel more of a partnership with you. When, exactly. vendor, when vendors feel like they're more of a partner, I think they're going to be a little more willing to also themselves go over and above the call of duty to strengthen that relationship as well. It's a two-way street. I mean, granted, yes. the vendor is the one getting paid the money to provide the service, but you never know when the tides are going to turn and you're, that vendor is actually going to need their client for some services and all that too. So it's just it just makes sense to be to have that one consistent approach towards customer service, no matter who you're dialoguing with. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. It feels more like a partnership. It feels like they care about me uh, and it feels like they, they value how CSS can help them better serve their customers as yeah. well. Absolutely. Great. Ed, sounds good. I like ending on two positive stories. It doesn't always, <laughs> it doesn't always happen, but when it is, no, it, when it does, it's nice. And especially after the week we've had with a lot of changes, it was kind of nice to remember there are some good customer service stories out there to, to keep things moving along. So uh, Ed Gagnon is once again with Customer Service Solutions. Learn more about his company at CSSAmerica.com. Uh, my name is Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group. We 
conduct uh, employee and customer satisfaction surveys for uh, healthcare and some other industries. You can learn more about us at The Jackson Group. That's T-H-E Jackson Group, all one word, dot com. And uh, of course, you're listening to Stepping Up Service on The Mesh. And if you want to find out more about The Mesh Network, you can visit us at our website at themesh.tv. That's T-H-E-M-E-S-H dot TV. There you can not only find past episodes of Stepping Up Service, but you can also listen to episodes of other shows we have on the network, ranging from business to education to sports to uh, uh, lifestyle shows, everything in between. So a lot of great options to consider there on the network as well. So Ed, we'll look forward to talking again next month for our next episode. Sound good to you? Yep, sounds fantastic. Great. Thanks a lot for your time, Ed. Thanks to everybody listening. Uh, This has been Stepping Up Service. We'll look forward to talking to you next time. Take care. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.